0: huzzah i'm julian
1: and i'm tom hi everybody
0: we are here because we are getting prepped for the rings of power uh, which drops here soon Uh, for those of you joining us uh, we went through the lord of the rings movies Uh, we did not watch any of the eight hobbit movies but we watched the trilogy (laughs) we did some trivia Um, we've got some trailers that have dropped about this show so what we're doing on this episode is just talking about kind of uh, what we're anticipating for the series, what you see in the trailer. If you are looking for like deep dive, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, as <laughs> someone who's reading the Silmarillion right now, if you're looking for like deep dive nerd stuff, Tom and I are probably not your lore masters. <laughs> um, there are certain things we're very knowledgeable on. Tom, what are we knowledgeable on? Exactly. Oh, no,
1: like ice cream bananas yes potatoes not how
0: to make ice cream but i would assume our our knowledge is how to eat ice cream is there any yes i'm
1: very hungry if you cannot tell oh okay
0: all those things were food related we can't cook it or make it but by golly we can eat it um anyways the rings of power is coming out The way, and it's on Amazon Prime. So, for those of you that don't know, Amazon is a book selling website um, (laughs) that you can join. And if you pay the money once a year, they have some TV shows. So, TV shows are books on TV. And that's the correlation. That's why a bookstore Mm. makes TV shows. Anyways, I just learned something. There you go. The Rings of Power is based on some books, tying it all back together. Good for me um these episodes the first one drops what day tom
1: uh i think it'll be thursday september 1st and the second one is going to air directly after the next day on the second and then from there they'll be dropped each week i believe on thursdays
0: okay so just to reiterate september 1st is the first Mm -hmm. episode dropping september 2nd is the second episode dropping depending on where you are in the world that might be a different day in the week I don't know how calendars work. Um, (laughs) So what Tom and I are going to do is we both just watched the trailer that came out. Um, Tom's going to give us a bit of a summary based on some research he's done on what this is going to entail. Uh, Obviously, these... Not obviously, but like Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings, has like a huge history. He built languages. He built cultures, all these things. And so this series is not going to be like during the Fellowship of the Ring, Twin Tower, Mm -hmm. uh, Return of the King, that timeline. And so Tom's going to go through... Two Towers. What did I say?
1: Twin Towers is something different.
0: Twin Towers is... Ooh, too soon, Julian. (laughs) All right. Um, So Tom's going to go through a bit of the summary. We're just going to talk about some of the stuff we're excited about. And once again, I am... Working my way through the Silmarillion right now, and I'll speak to what that's been like. But uh, Tom, as someone who has done some research on what this series is going to be, what can we look forward to?
1: Yeah, before I get into it, can I ask: Is the Silmarillion like a massive novel, or is it like in the same vein of one of the Lord of the Rings books?
0: So the Silmarillion is the version I have is about three hundred pages. I would say it's broken up into Tolkien's writings and it's edited by his son Christopher Tolkien. So it wasn't like he sat down and wrote a like novel from beginning to end that makes mm-hmm. sense. I would say it's more like uh like the front it's like a mythology and history book and then it's got some cool like fables inside where mm-hmm. you know we talk about like major battles major relationships like power struggles that happen i did not tweet this but i uh, (laughs) thought about it a lot uh tolkien in writing the silmarillion he has like a whole um origin story about how the world is built and how like our our arda is built which essentially is earth and that universe um and so he pulls a lot from like norse mythology and like different, you know, different types of creation stories in order to build it. Um, It takes, in a 300-page book, it takes a a page and a half for a character in the book to um, stray from harmony with everyone else in order to (laughs) selfishly try and gain power and renown. And, like, that is a theme that just runs through not only human nature, but what Tolkien does so well in terms of, like telling stories, a lot of times the conflict is, hey, this person felt prideful, so they tried to take power from this person or wanted power, and that's where the struggle comes from. So to answer your Mm -hmm. question, it's like a scattered history book, and so it can get very dense and like, (laughs) I don't know. Tom, as someone who graduated from like several universities, did you really love picking up a history book and like reading names, places, places, like he does it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's interesting, but there are times where I'm like, I think I can skip this paragraph, and I'm not going to lose much. <laughs> um, but right. yeah, it's it's essentially a history, and he creates myths okay. and backstory. But then it does get into like the cool, like, hey, this high elf had to go, you know, have a last stand against Morgoth and fought to the bitter end. Like there is some like action and battle. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's a history book, essentially.
1: Gotcha. Well, and this show, I think, is always going to be compared with Game of Thrones, just in terms of, like, the high fantasy elements and everything that are in it. And didn't George R. R. Martin just recently do that with, like, that Fire and Blood book, which is, like, a lot of prequel stuff. And it's just more or less supposed to be, like, written from one of the maesters, um, you know, kind of like the the priests or whatever of their time or doctors of their time and kind of gave a lot of the lore of the old houses and everything that kind of happened before what we saw in the Game of Thrones series, for those who watch that as well. Um, so this is kind of interesting. And also funny, too, that both these series are like dropping right at the same time. So if you are a fantasy lover, now's a fantastic time for television.
0: Right. I didn't really make that connection, but that book by George R. R. Martin is sitting uh, on my shelf right now. I haven't read it yet, <laughs> but you're right. Both of these series are, hey, let's take the you know, thousand year before history and let's make it into some sort of narrative story Mm -hmm. because that's what the people want. They want confusing names, confusing genealogies, (laughs) but really cool set pieces and effects. So yeah, I didn't make that connection and I'm not watching the Game of Thrones one right now because all of my brain power is going towards Middle Earth.
1: (laughs) Right. There's a lot of characters to know in the Game of Thrones series as there will be in this one. So uh, but yeah, we're. I think I'm certainly more excited about this series because I think there's a lot more can kind of come to it. Obviously, we were super excited, watched through the original trilogy, which we think absolutely held up 20 years later. Um, and knowing that Amazon has just thrown gobs of money, I think half a billion dollars, towards the production and design and CG and everything that goes into this, uh, it looks awesome. And these trailers, I think, show it. So from my understanding, the general idea is, it's set during the second age of Middle-earth, which I guess the second age like spans thousands of years. So there's plenty of room for source material for them to kind of pick through, yeah, at least like in terms of like timing. We know a lot of the characters from watching the original trilogy lived a very long time as well. So we have Galadriel is going to appear in this as kind of a, a younger version of herself, played by Cate Blanchett um, in the movies. We have Elrond, who's also going to appear in this because elves seemingly live forever until they decide to go to a boat and hang out and have some margaritas. I don't know what they do. Yep. Um, So this is, and again, as reference of the second age of Middle-earth is when this is supposed to take place. Uh, For those that watched the original trilogy, that was set um, in the end of the third age. So I think the idea is the second age ends with the last battle of elves and men, where um, Isildur takes the ring from Sauron. So I think this also is going to chart the rise of Sauron as he sows chaos and kind of bends the land to his will. And then ultimately the forging of these rings of power, which, you know, spoiler alert to the title. So I think a lot of it is just seemingly Sauron and ring origin story, which I am all for. Because I think in the movies, we got the sense of his evil and, and his power, but we don't get to see him. All we really see is Galadriel's exposition in the beginning of Fellowship, where she talks about the battle and you see Sauron and all of his might and armor and he just looks incredible.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And from like, and once again, I'm not going to dive into the nerddom of this, but like it is origin earth building, like age one Valar. And then it's like elves. And to your point that you made elves are supposed to be um, immune to death, not immune to death. I'm sorry. They're supposed to live forever. Uh, unless unfortunately they take an orc blade to the back of the head at helms (laughs) deep which isn't in the books but uh, what you also get is um, the the character I mentioned earlier who it takes a page and a half for him to realize he wants like renown and um, power is Morgoth uh, Melkor or then known as Morgoth and Sauron is like his main lieutenant dude so it's Mm -hmm. kind of fun that this one, and so the Silmarillion. A lot of it takes place before the Rings of Power, and so what I think is interesting, and it's going to be fun with this show. I hope is like they kind of have some room to play, like where mm-hmm. um, Fellowship, of the Rings, the Two Towers, and the Return <laughs> of the King. Like that's pretty spelled out, and I think Peter Jackson did a pretty good job of like like he he went along lines with the books this stuff that they're playing with here is like, hey, there's some like, there are some characters that are established, there's some world building that's established, but, like, and as we'll see when we look at the cast, like, these showrunners and people have the ability to make stuff up and, and play inside mm-hmm. this world. So um, what I think makes that fun is, like, you go into the Lord of the Rings and you're like, oh, that's not how I pictured it. Oh, this is, like this world is a little bit more flexible in terms of you're not going to have a bunch of people being like, oh, well, that's not how it happened. Because, you know, (laughs) they're creating things. And so yeah. yeah. um, And the the other thing I wanted to mention is, for those of you that have like stuck with us on this podcast, where we started with Ted Lasso, and we got to here, we are not a Lord of the Rings podcast, we're not going to dive into the lore (laughs) of this, like the joy of Tom and I getting to discuss these these stories is like, hey, is there like a, a deeper level to this? And I know most of the stuff we talk about is superficial, but like <laughs> there are some themes that you're hoping come out in these stories that are important mm-hmm. and like that you can grab onto. We, we've talked about it during the Lord of the Rings one. So the hope is that this show is well done enough that there's some deeper meaning and stuff we can... Uh, glean from it as opposed to it just being like a no offense to game of thrones but game of thrones is like violence and like <laughs> I, I don't feel like i'm getting <laughs> is this a controversial statement i don't feel like i'm getting a whole lot from a game of thrones episode like there are some great yeah. themes there's some great characters but where you take like a tolkien story um i i think you can get some more out of it and that's why i'm looking forward to and I, I hope they've added the stuff, like those things that you learn from the trilogy into this show. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, no, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's why we love the trilogy. It didn't. It wasn't just like a Michael Bay action explosion movie or whatever. Well, Michael Bay would do a great and...
0: job with the Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs>
1: Tom, sign me up now, spinning American
0: flag shots. Lots of like, uh, I don't know, slow-mo, give me a great soundtrack, Michael Bay, Michael Bay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think Michael Bay is one of the directors, but I don't know. We'll, we'll just see when we get to the cast and crew section. But yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's going to be a fun ride. I, I hope they do it justice with the, the different characters that we've already know and love from the original trilogy. And now being able to see them kind of in their younger forms with Galadriel and Elrond uh, should, be, should be pretty cool. I I guess this also follows the rise and fall of the island kingdom of, and again, I'm sure I'll pronounce this incorrectly, Numenor, uh, which is apparently the the descendants of humans who ultimately found Gondor and Rohan. So more or less where Aragorn's descendants uh, come from. So it would be interesting to kind of see, and again, I don't know all of it. Does that name familiar to you? Yeah, Numenor. I think
0: you, yeah, I think you, you uh, pronounced it correctly. That's how I, it's funny. You read these books and you don't have to pronounce them out loud. So like your mind <laughs> yeah. is like, because I remember having a conversation with my brother once after reading Lord of the Rings, and he pronounced Galadriel. And like, that's not how that name like sounded in my right. head. I pronounced that one wrong. But anyways, yeah, it's <laughs> going to be uh, about those, uh, those descendants. And ultimately, uh, Aragorn comes from that line. So big connection here uh is and i know you're excited about this because you're a guy that that really loves kiwis is i think they filmed this in new zealand as well right
1: yes i did read that yeah this this first season was filmed there from what i read they apparently aren't going to shoot the second season there they might move it to britain uh, or the united kingdom area um but yeah super cool that they kind of tied that back into jackson's world because i think in terms of like rights and I don't know, like, they, they, Amazon has loosely based, I guess, some of the content on Jackson's world, like how he maybe designed some of the characters or some of the elements. But, you know, Jackson is not involved at all. They didn't consort with him. They didn't necessarily take the exact character elements from the trilogies. And I don't know, do you think that's a good or a bad thing?
0: Well, I like what Peter Jackson did. I mean, We talked about this when we talked about the trilogy, but like a fantasy series can go so bad. It can look (laughs) like hokey, it can look weird, um, but he did such a great job like making things look elegant, making them look real, making them look practical, that I would love if he was involved, but I also don't need this to be 24 episodes um based on like a chapter of the hobbit as he is Mm -hmm. uh want to extend out things but i think it's interesting that like you speak to the rights of peter jackson rather than like whatever whoever has the rights to tolkien's um -hmm. right and i don't know i guess it would be fascinating if someone else came in and like made it their own vision but because the trilogy peter jackson's trilogy is so familiar to me i don't mind Mm -hmm. that it like when you watch the trailer it feels like they come from the same like world and place and style so agreed i you know it's like meeting an old friend uh in a different (laughs) place like I, i i i think i'm excited about that as opposed to like them making it like weirdly like gritty and i don't know dark like the (laughs) last Batman christopher nolan version yeah i'd I'd be (laughs) like uh okay actually i probably would love that version (laughs) but that's just a little bit about me so no i i mean no i'm uh, based on the visuals of the trailer and stuff i'm excited um Mm -hmm. because i think it's a close cousin to peter jackson's world
1: yeah i think so and i think that's exactly what i'd like to don't compl- I mean, he's obviously the one that put this in, you know, mainstream and made Tolkien's work kind of become what it is. And now everybody knows what Hobbits are, um, whether you like that series or not, um, and the Lord of the Rings movie. So it, it'd be a disservice, I think, if they completely throw out all of his work.
0: You know how during the during the trilogy, whenever someone's presented with the ring, they have like this like lean in, like they're going to grab it. And then like the good yeah. ones are like, no, I've passed the test. I was like flicking through movies to watch with my spouse and the Hobbit came up and I was like, I could feel myself like drawn to it. And I was like, Oh, I should just press play. I should gain all the power of the Hobbit. And then I'm locked in for eight movies. And I said to my, I said, no, I said, no, I'm going to live my life and not watch those movies because I don't know why I'm stubborn. But speaking of things that have been lengthened and like, Do you know, like, I know they've got this season. I think I read somewhere they're, like, obviously they've already been picked. I love when shows do this. We've been picked up for a second season. No one's watched it. (laughs) Like, the Outer Range. God knows no one's watched it. We don't know if they're getting a second season. Do you know, are they set for more than two? Or do you know what this is going to be?
1: Yeah, from what I read, they've got like 50 hours of material that they either want to write or have the rights to write or whatever. Um because the showrunners have said that they want to do I think up to 5 seasons. From what I've read too, the showrunners have have said that they're trying to set up things like in season 1 that are not going to pay off till season 5, which is to me a good thing to hear. Like I like showrunners and writers that have a gist and an outline of where they want to go. because um, I think what happened like with game of thrones, that is a show that just petered out because they ran out of source material. They didn't know where they were going to go in those two showrunners. And it just kind of became a befuddled mess kind of towards the end. I think like stranger things is another show that has, uh, it's the opposite of that, where those Duffer brothers know where they want to go. They know the beats. They know how they want to tell the story. I think if you have that in mind, it's just, it it, it lends itself to like uh, rewatches and things like that. Especially if they're saying, things that they're writing and putting into motion in season one are going to have big payoffs for for season five. So obviously Amazon's throwing loads of money at it. They have the rights to this material. Uh, I'm sure they're going to milk this out because everybody's been trying to find a Game of Thrones replacement uh, ever since um, that went off the air. And I'm hopeful that this is going to be it.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that this is just as good as the Wheel of Time series that Amazon put all that money (laughs) into because that series was great. I didn't watch more than 15 minutes of it. Um, (laughs) Roseman Pike's super cool, though, I'll say that. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with, like, you mentioned the showrunners, and (laughs) it's funny to think about, like, the term showrunner is a term I didn't know when I was younger, but nowadays I hear it all the time. And I start to think to myself, uh, Grandpa who fought in World War II, did he give one care who a showrunner was or what a showrunner was? No, he did not. But I'm going to embrace the time that I live in because i can't go back are you familiar with who's running this show
1: i hadn't heard of either of these names um apparently they're longtime friends it's uh john d Payne or jd Payne, and i'm glad they're friends tom i'm glad
0: they're longtime (laughs) friends i hope hope they start a podcast that takes up most of their day and time but they really enjoy doing because it's a good excuse if season
1: one is a mess we can come on for season two through four or two through five sure we'll take the reins sure um i mean these guys don't have looking at their pedigree apparently they were involved and i don't know if they finished it or just were a part of it but they were part of the star trek franchise at one point they did that jungle cruise movie with the rock and emily Blunt. oh you don't have to tell me
0: you don't have to tell me who's in the jungle cruise i know (laughs) who's in the jungle cruise have you seen the backside of water tom the jungle cruise is incredible (laughs) i've actually never seen that movie but that joke has always stuck with me And actually, I really like the Chris Pine, the first Star Trek uh, movie. That movie's great. Mm -hmm. You want to know who else is in that movie? Chris Hemsworth. Two Chrises in the same movie. So that's something. Father and son. A father and son duo. Sorry, I interrupted. Mm -hmm. Keep going.
1: (laughs) No, but I think those are like the biggest things. Apparently, they're also tied to... Flash Gordon. Apparently they're doing like a remake of the Flash Gordon franchise but that's kind of TBD. Um, hopefully this gets really big and they don't focus on that because I could care less about Flash Gordon um, but there you have it. Uh, there's apparently Does Flash a Gordon run really
0: fast? What's Flash Gordon's thing Tom? As a Flash Gordon guy uh, you just stated you love Flash Gordon. I don't Gordon. know. What's his thing? It was like
1: 80s I think and yeah he right, like was in on. space and fought I'm already, guys. I don't I'm know already out on it. Yep. <laughs> no <bored>. thank you. <laughs> Uh, It's got a slew of writers. I think both Payne and McKay uh, did quite a bit of writing for it, but I guess some of the featured ones are Jennifer Hutchinson, who was um, very famous for her writing on Breaking Bad. So anybody involved in Breaking Bad involved in this show, I'm excited about. Sure. Uh, Also Helen Shang, uh, who also wrote for Hannibal, which I never watched that series, but what I heard is it was very well received and a cool show.
0: Sure. I can't believe they got all those elephants over the mountains to attack Rome. Incredible i don't get that reference it's fine doesn't matter it <laughs> doesn't matter be three audience i watched breaking bad i never watched hannibal
1: breaking bad's fantastic Red was all call also fantastic
0: okay okay i'll call him later
1: uh we've got directors. so apparently we got eight episodes in this first season we've got directors for all of them so the first two are j.a boyana Um, He apparently wrote for Jurassic World, which I'll be honest, not very enthused about that because Jurassic World, I guess it looked kind of neat. But like Jurassic World, the first one was fun. Fallen Kingdom and Dominion were just terrible, terrible movies. Listen, Um, I
0: just want to watch content about the Velociraptor Blue. That's all I care about (laughs) in my life. Actually, someone tweeted something. And I mean, shout out to them. And it was like, uh, the Jurassic Park series really overestimated how much I care about the uh, Velociraptor <laughs> Blue. I do not care about Blue. And I was like, yeah, 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 this dude's got it. This dude's got his finger on the pulse. Um, well, and cool, all Jurassic Face does
1: is just point at, point at more uh, dinosaurs to make them not move in the Dominion, the last movie. Just so it. Wouldn't recommend it. I love one. Chris Pratt. Chris great. Uh, The middle four uh, were directed by Wayne Chi yip uh, who was apparently involved in Wheel of Time, uh, and the Doctor Who franchise. Oh, no. So, don't know what we'll get from that. Um, but the last two were directed by Charlotte Brand, uh, Brandstrom, uh, who did The Witcher, which... Witcher is kind of like love it or hate it. The first season, I don't know if you watched that, was kind of, they did some timey-wimey stuff where they played around with like <laughs> beginning of the story, end of the story, you know my love for timey-wimey. timey-wimey. Second season was a lot better. They did kind of a straightforward uh, storyline, but obviously high fantasy. Uh, if you can do, well, good stories in that, you can likely transition into the Lord of the Rings franchise pretty well.
0: We watched some of The Witcher. I couldn't watch too much of it because, um, what is his name? Who's the main guy that plays... Who's Superman? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill uh, intimidates me, and I felt threatened (laughs) as a man, so I couldn't watch The Witcher. Uh, I've never seen one episode of Doctor Who. There's something about a show that's been on for 80 years that I just don't feel like (laughs) I can hop in and and enjoy. Uh, Although that one actor that we both like um, played Doctor Who for a little while... And then Wheel of Time, I try. I guess what I'm getting at is all of these directors are in shows that I gave a try to, but didn't. So <laughs> I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna watch Rings of Power now, Tom. But I'm a little, bit, I'm I'm now a little bit concerned. But it's okay.
1: Yeah, I kinda have the same feeling. Like some of the like they're all fantasy shows, so again, like just the action sequences, they're probably gonna be well suited for that bit. But the the hope is really the writing. Like if the writing is good and on point, the directing should kind of fade into the background. Sure. Um, but we'll we'll see. Um cast. Okay, we've got a massive cast, which is to be understood in a Lord of the Rings franchise. Um I will do my best at some of these names. I'm sure I will butcher them. But we've got Morphy uh, Clark, who plays Galadriel. Robert Arameo, who plays Elrond. And have you seen either of these characters or these actors from anything else? None of them were familiar.
0: They mentioned that Morphy Clark was from the Dark Materials, that HBO show. Oh, um, uh, okay. I believe, but I honestly I did not watch it. Um, she's (laughs) like the main character, it seems in the trailers, which Mm -hmm. is great. I mean, obviously we loved her in the trilogy and so it'll be interesting to watch, uh, what they do with her in this series. Mm -hmm. Um, Elrond is played by Mr. Smith from the Matrix in the original series, but not played by (laughs) him in this. So uh, that'll be that'll be fun one of these one of these actors either Elrond or the guy that plays uh Brimbor, they look like Neil Patrick Harris and it throws me off a little bit mm. but, um, <laughs> I could see it a lot of this cast I a lot of this cast and sometimes this is like take Game of Thrones for instance like other than Sean Bean was there a single person and maybe Baratheon like there wasn't anyone Mm -hmm. you recognized in that cast uh so i i i do find it fun when they take a series like this and they throw you in with characters that or at least cast members that you don't have a relationship with stranger things is kind of Mm -hmm. the same thing you don't have a relationship with uh, that cast other than uh winona who obviously was a country singer prior to being in that show
1: (laughs) correct no, but I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't have any kind of preconceived notions of, of what these characters were uh, before this, so I'm not thinking of them as that character. Uh, who else we got? We got High King Gilgalad, played by Benjamin Walker. Do you know who this cat is?
0: I don't. He's very handsome.
1: Yep, super handsome. Apparently the last High King of the Elves. And then we've got uh, Selobrimbror. Sure, that's how you pronounce it. Played Tom, by Charles Edwards. Who, Charles Edwards, he's that uh, psychic guy, right? Tells everybody uh, what's going on with their Yeah, Crossing Over. Yep,
0: Crossing Over.
1: Charles Edwards.
0: I've watched more episodes of Crossing Over than I care to count. (laughs) I think Charles Edwards is in, like, The Crown. Mm -hmm. I would venture to say the majority of these actors are, like, British stage actors because that's just what they do with these shows, and they do Mm -hmm. a great job. Sel Brimbor from the lore that I looked up prior to doing this podcast is he's going to be in the line of Feanor, and he is the guy that creates the three rings of power for the elves. So, uh, mm, real good okay. with a hammer and anvil and jewelry and <laughs> probably someone that is worth marrying, I guess, because they can make rings. Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, just, just depends on your, your bag. Sure. Uh, we've got Orindir, uh played by Ismail Cruz Cordova, who I think is the kind of new Legolas, if you will. He seems to be kind of the younger archer elf.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, from what I read, I don't know that this character is lore. I think they created him for the series. But if he stops, stares into the distance, and says something like, <laughs> The moon is orange tonight... Pumpkin spice has been consumed. Then I think we're all good, right?
1: Oh man, I hope that's a line.
0: I hope it's a line too. This is why I don't write for television or movies, uh, <laughs> only for radio.
1: Uh, we've got Ellen Dill, played by Lloyd Owen. Uh, don't know who this cat is. Never seen him.
0: I don't know who he is either, but he is supposed to be Ellen Deal. Is the man from numenor (laughs) that sounds that sounds like a play um he's the man from numenor and he is ultimately his descendants i believe um found um gondor and Mm -hmm. um rohan he is uh, of of that race that is important okay
1: of that line gotcha uh, we've got Sophia Namvet, uh, who plays Princess Disa, and then Prince Durin the Fourth, played by Owen Arthur. I think these are the dwarvish characters.
0: Right, and Durin's important because he is the uh, lord of Moria, and everything goes well for him. Kingdom thrives, <laughs> they're still going today, they're just down there mining, <laughs> not digging too deep, not Waking anything that should have been resting <laughs> in flame and shadow. Just living his best life. That's for sure. Tom, let's talk about the trailer. Because we've both watched the trailer a couple of times. Um, I'll kick this off just by saying like, it, looks, it looks cool. Like, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Like, as we talked about before, it looks like we kind of took Peter Jackson's vision and... We're turning it into a TV series. So no no complaints mm-hmm. there because visually I think it looks great.
1: Yeah, I mean the the set pieces, the character design, like even the costumes that you see on like some of these elves and like the armor just look absolutely incredible. And obviously they have a little bit more money. CG is a little bit better nowadays than it was for the original trilogy. So, so far what I've seen from the trailer, uh, CG looks absolutely on point. And for how much money they threw at it, it would make sense that it would.
0: You said that the budget for this is like half a billion. And I, I think, think so, when yeah. we talked about the other Lord of the Rings movies, their budgets were like 90 million probably around that, right? So A
1: piece or?
0: I think a piece, yeah. I think each yeah, one was like 90 sense. million some somewhere in there. If we're wrong, you can write us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com <laughs> or you can tweet at us at teambinge or you can Instagram us a picture Please no more genitals because it is getting old um, at our Instagram handle, which is genitals at team binge Instagram.com. I don't know how Instagram works. Um, (laughs)
1: Uh, what else we get in this trailer? We get the orcs. The orcs look super cool. I love, like, their armor. There's a couple shots, I think, in some of the earlier trailers, not in this most recent one, but where they do some close-ups, and they get, like, the skeletal armor that they're wearing. They look really menacing and, and fantastic. It starts, I mean,
0: the trailer starts with Galadriel, who, as I mentioned before, seems to be kind of the central character of the series, which is great because we love Galadriel in the in the trilogy. I'm reading the Silmarillion, and there is apparently a section about the second age that talks about like the events of this, but it's, once again, they have a lot of room to play. So I have not finished. I mean, I've read it before, but I'm going through it again. And so I, it'll be interesting. Like they are making Gladry out to be like a warrior in this. In fact, there's even Mm -hmm. a line where it's like, uh, you know, where she's talking about being a warrior um, and so as I go through the source material, I'll be interested to see whether or not they've like magnified that, whether or not that's what the, the story is about, mm-hmm. uh, because it would it would have been cool in the trilogy had she been, you know, out there slaying dudes. Right. But um, speaking of bad CGI, because Tom <laughs> talked all over me and we had to edit this part, um, Galadriel becomes that big blue monster and she's like, I have passed the test, I will. Uh, decay and go to the Grey Havens. (laughs) Anyways, in this show, uh, nothing about Galadriel is decaying. She's uh, vibrant and great. Uh, The start of the trailer, I find interesting is some dude apparently getting stabbed by an orc. She's like, my brother spent his life hunting orcs and you see him dead and she takes his dagger, (laughs) which she then stabs Mm -hmm. into ice later as she's trying to climb an ice wall. Which, that is the first image that I, like, saw from this series. Like, they shot that. That shot where she, like, jumps and, like, Tom cruises her way Mm -hmm. into climbing (laughs) a ice wall. Yeah. Like, Mission Impossible 2, which is quite possibly the best movie ever made. That's (laughs) not true. I'm sorry um, for all those involved. I
1: feel like it was a Super Bowl ad, wasn't it? Didn't they do this as, like, a teaser? Yes, sir. I
0: think they did. I think they did, mm-hmm. and then I voted on the wrong, or I bet on the wrong team, and that's why my kids aren't going to
1: college, <laughs> and that's why we're podcasting. Uh, but I do, I do like how they seemingly are centralizing the story around like a female heroine because I think that was something that the original series and the movies was certainly lacking. Um, you know, it had female characters, but they weren't necessarily pushing the story around. Female characters I did have were very strong and awesome, so it's great to see them. Uh, focusing on Galadriel and kind of her her younger life as a warrior, as opposed to just the exposition reader that she was in the movie trilogy. Sure. The one <laughs>
0: thing I wanted to point out about the trailer that I think I think all trailers do this for something that's supposed to be like epic and great. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, what like motivational memes can we throw out during <laughs> like the trailer? And I get what they're doing. This is not a complaint. But it's like, um, you have to decide who you will be. And it's, you have to, (laughs) will you choose faith and not fear? It's like all these, like, very... And you're like, there's something about, like, the dialogue in the trilogy and the things that happen where, like, the lessons are, like, natural. Like, uh, I don't know Mm -hmm. how to explain this, but like Gandalf sitting at the well in the mines of Moria with Frodo. And he's like, he's like pity, you know, no pity is what stayed Bilbo's Mm -hmm. hand. Like, are you, can you choose who deserves death and who deserves life? Like, oh, all people live through days that are dark and they don't want to, but it's what they choose to do with those. Like those today would be like a weird motivational poster that your manager would slap (laughs) in the office wall. And you'd be like, all right, kitten, don't fall from that fan. But so they do it in these trailers. And my hope is that, like, it's not cheesy, I guess, is what, mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at. I don't know if that makes sense. But I have a no, lot of hope like- for this series, and I refuse to walk mm-hmm. into the shadow and flame, and I really want them to pull it off
1: yeah you mentioned at the top like fantasy it's it's a very like a razor's edge like you can just it doesn't take much for you to kind of fall off and then just become like every other fantasy genre out there but i'm hopeful like you mentioned that the there's source materials there not necessarily like it's more of a sandbox these these showrunners have the ability to take these characters and mold them a little bit but you still have that good resource material and hopefully the the writers are going to give us some some good stuff as opposed to just cheesy one-liners. Like, we don't want this all to be legless, right? We need King Theoden lines and and speeches and things in here.
0: We need King Theoden every day of our lives. King (laughs) Theoden. Unfortunately, Showmane killed him. Uh, No, Snowmane. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. Um, Go listen to our trivia (laughs) podcast episode uh, and you'll understand why my flub right there made sense. I, I do you like the great... final line, though. Yeah, go
1: this... ahead. Yeah, you get the final line where she's like, um, I think Elrond mentions, like, you've been fighting long enough, put up your sword. And then Gladrill's response, without it, what am I to be? And then, boom, cuts the rings of power, right. which I think like is a cool, powerful ending of her being, like, an undefiable warrior here.
0: Right. I do like, I mean, the way she delivers the one line about there is a tempest inside of me is, like, such a great, mm-hmm. like, powerful role and line so i am i am excited about this it's one of those things where you're like super excited about it and you're just like will they land it can they pull it pull it off as i mentioned at the top the joy of this one is like i don't have three detailed books that i have to be like (laughs) no that's not how this happened this should happen this way Mm -hmm. this is like deep cuts it's part of the silmarillion if you dig deep enough I would go out on a limb and say that the majority of, like, Lord of the Rings, like, fans of the movies and even the original, like, books probably Mm -hmm. haven't read The Silmarillion. The Silmarillion's dense. Like, it's a... Like, I'm not going to lie. I was reading it today and then... An hour later, my wife was like, hey, you shouldn't nap at 6 p.m. You should wake up. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and I had fallen asleep, which isn't to say the book's not good or boring. It's just dense. And so, Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I'm just getting to the the good part, which is like the elves and men are running around and uh, there's power struggles and there's fights. So I'm excited about this. I am going to probably have questions as we work our way through this in terms of uh, who's who and and what's what and where they're going. But I'm excited for it. And to your point, they put so much money into it. How can it not be good, you know?
1: Exactly. When is something they put a ton
0: of money into uh, not been good, you know?
1: I think they have released the first two episodes kind of early. At the time we're recording this podcast, they have done like premieres of it. I think they are doing like early screenings for, for certain folks around the world. From what I've read uh, review wise, it's been very, very well received. Both critics and fans alike have have very much enjoyed these first two. I think there is going to probably be a lot of setup. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit slower because you're developing all these characters. You're going to have like different storylines and you know, we'll have like probably some sequences with the hobbits, some with the dwarves, and I would imagine at a certain point we'll probably start seeing them all kind of clash and come together. Um, but I'm with you, man. Like I'm excited. I'm I'm hopeful this isn't like an out of range kind of deal. We watch the first two, we're like, yeah, this is gonna be cool, and then it slowly kind of gets weirder and weirder, and Peter's out. But I've got high hopes for it, and uh, excited to uh, to get back into Middle Earth now in the second age.
0: I would assume Outer Range and Middle Earth at some point are going to share a universe because they're both Amazon properties, and that's how things work. Fall
1: in that hole, you uh, make your way to Middle Earth.
0: That's right. And then Josh Brolin, (laughs) as a rancher, is going to have this sweet glove with a bunch of jewels on it, and he's going to be like, Sauron, these jewels were made by you. And then he's going (laughs) to like fist bump someone, and a bunch of people are going to disappear. I think that's how it all works. Um, Anyways, you can reach us with all of your disgruntled comments at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. We are active on Twitter at teambinge.
1: Listen, I don't know. If you're listening to this you know the internet works, figure it out. You can find us. Okay. The
0: only thing we ask of people is... If you're offended by the majority of the stuff we say, please (laughs) donate to REDCROSS.org, which is our uh, rival podcast. And so when Mm -hmm. you give them money, we get upset. And so that uh, (laughs) that is how that works.
1: I have been Julian. And I have been Tom. And we'll see you in Middle Earth.